When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Edwin Diaz has the best entrance in sports right now. Those Atlanta Braves and the New York Mets, well, they're battling it out for the NL East. And uh, who's going to walk away victorious? I've been telling you all for months that the Toronto Blue Jays were way overhyped for this season. When can we start taking them serious? That's it. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. We also got Casey Stern. You know, the NFL had the chance to do the right thing. I believe that the NFL was going to be on the right side of history for the first time ever. Unfortunately, the NFL did what the NFL does. The impact that they've had on Toronto FC, it, it's undeniable. I understand that you have to defend your quarterback. I understand that you just can't come out and, you know, say, well, you know, we don't want Deshaun anyways. I understand. I get it. I have to do this because I have to appreciate it. What's up, motherfuckers? Yes, and we're back. My name is Ray Route, and welcome to Ray Sports Rant. Today, we are making the call to the bullpen and bringing in a closer to put the lights out on all of my weak takes. Uh, don't forget, you can catch the bullpen Monday through Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the YouTube page and across the Dean Blundell Network all, all over at DeanBlundell.com. Watch your regularly scheduled Ray Sports Rant at 10 o'clock across the Dean Blundell Network. And now for the shameless plugs, let's get this shit started. All right, guys, listen, as you all know, two months ago, I left the Dear Pass Nation podcast after hosting it for five years, five fucking years. And, uh, you know, ever since I went over and started going all in for the Dean Blundell Network, switched over to Ray's Sports Rant, I haven't hosted a guest yet, and I've missed it so much. So today will be the first time that we host a guest that we make a call to the bullpen here on Ray Sports Rant, and it's going to be a fucking banger. Please, everybody, help me welcome the host of the Unfiltered Podcast over on the Believe Network. Follow him on Twitter at Casey Stern. Check out his YouTube channel, Casey Stern Unfiltered. For 68% of my audience that's down in the great old Boston area, this kid used to be covering your Boston Red Sox. He's a fucking, he's fucking as legit as it gets. Ladies and gentlemen, bring in Mr. Casey Stern. Let's go. What's up, Ray? What's going on, man? Thank you for uh, joining me here today, man. No worries. Thanks for having me, even though I think 18 and 1 when I see that jersey behind you. I appreciate you having me. Well, thank you, Casey, for joining the show today. We really appreciate you. <laughs> oh, shit. I appreciate you, man. Thanks for having me on. And it's funny because a lot of people don't remember that I even covered the Red Sox. So it's I, I appreciate that you do. But, yeah, I um, I was there during that 2004 run, and it is it is still the craziest sporting event that I've I've ever been a part of covering watching them come back from down 3-0 in that series. 
It's called research, Casey. You know what I mean? Well, That's what, I, <laughs> I don't know. Do. Actually, actually, after 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 really losing all my trust with Wikipedia, I don't do research anymore. I just I just ask questions. But I, I'm your first guest. I feel like there's a lot of yeah. Now. How honored do you feel? How honored do you feel? Very. Come on. Like like scared, but but honored at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no. That's yeah. The inter the internet still says you work for Turner, by the way. So the internet is wrong. Well, Luckily, we have a mutual friend who was able to set me straight on a couple of different things. So we're good. Okay, good to know. Glad, glad, great, great. I, I'm glad that, uh, you know, whoever you know that is talking to me is, is doing it properly. <laughs> All right. Okay, let's jump right into this. People are going to get bored yeah. of just hearing us go back and forth. Um, first of all, listen, Edwin Diaz has the greatest fucking intro in sports maybe ever. Like I say, it's this generation's Enter Sandman. You know, yeah. like it was when you say understand, man, you knew Rivera was coming out. It was going to be phenomenal. I think it was last week they had Timmy Trumpets play him onto the field. Fucking phenomenal. But the first thing that popped to my mind is, is what if that game was a blowout and there was no save opportunity? Like, what is the backup plan in those kind of situations? You're in the media. You have a little bit of insight on shit. And my other part is when PR departments pull these kind of stunts, you know, at sporting events. Do they put pressure on Buck Walter to get Diaz in the game? Because I just feel like he wouldn't get two fucks about Timmy Trumpets being in the stadium. But I want to get your no. opinion on this. Well, no, I don't think Buck would care. I think he wants Diaz in the game because the last time he allowed a run, I think, was like yeah, Trump was still president. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's ridiculous how long he's gone, just been brilliant. He's uh, Honestly, he's been the best closer in the league. So, I think that part's easy. I can tell you that a couple of things on the Timmy Trumpet thing. One – he was there the day before and they didn't win. So that was already day two that they had waited. So I would assume to answer your question, day three would have followed. I'm sure <laughs> that the Mets and Steve Cohen, who's loaded, had enough money to, to put another night up to be trumpet up in the Ritz or wherever he was in Manhattan and give him, you know, and book his flights for another day. Um, but the cool part was that was Timmy Trumpet, the, he, the Australian dude who seems cool as shit. It was his first baseball game ever. Yeah. The first game that he went to, which was, I thought the coolest part, like, that dude must have been so jacked up. He'd never been to a baseball game before in his life. So just a cool thing. And I'm with you. I would say Hell's Bells, Trevor Hoffman, was up there back in the day. But it's 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 legit. And you got to give credit to, you know, all theater comes from, like, television and, and how they do it. SMY does such a good job in the way that they over-dramatize from behind, like, the shot of Diaz coming in, the whole thing. The way they shoot the thing, which gets passed around and made the whole thing viral, that's part of it. So you got to give them credit, too. Yeah. Well, I mean, the greatest entrance of all time in sports was Wild Thing from Major League. But we'll, oh, we'll just leave that for now. Charlie time. Sheen, of course. Absolutely. I was trying to be smart there and try to remember his character in that movie, but I completely drew a blank. Listen. Rick Vaughn. Rick Vaughn. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ricky Vaughn. Ricky Vaughn. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Listen, your New York Mets. Yeah. Last year, four games under 500. This year, they're probably going to win 100, at least close to 100 games. Yeah. What happened? What did the Mets do this offseason? I know that I know what I, I know what they did, but tell my audience, you know what I mean? They, they loaded up on pitching, they did some shit. Like, what did they do to turn this team around this season? Culture, culture. I, the best, the best equating I could do is I remember back when I was many, many years ago, I think it was at MLB.com at the time, but when the Tigers got Jim Leland way back in the day when they had Miggy and Verlander and those guys before they went to a couple of World Series, there was like a game like two weeks into the season where he was throwing tables and cursing and going crazy, and they were like four and four. And I remember him saying he wasn't going to allow the, the players in that room to accept the loss anymore. He wanted them to know that jersey wasn't going to be what it had been in the past. I think that's what happened with Buck and Max. I mean, Buck Showalter and Max Scherzer in, in you know different ways, obviously – 
I think have had this team feeling different about itself, have made everybody, free, you know, look, I don't care what the hell it's been before we got here. We're here to win. And this is how professionals act. You're not going to be boring, but this is how you win. And I feel like that that's what they've done. I mean, even adding like Escobar, Canna, all the guys that they added have done that. You know, look, clearly, you know, Edwin Diaz has been a huge part of things. Lindor's had a better year, but I think the culture for the most part has been the biggest difference. And Buck and Max have been the biggest part of that. Is Seattle considering like assisted suicide after sending over Edwin Diaz and, and all that and really just loading up New York? Probably a bad choice of words, but you know what I mean? Like it, it just. Well, they dumped Cano's contract, remember? So yeah. at the time, you know, they dumped a ton of money that now they were able to recoup a lot of that and pay, you know, Julio Rodriguez and go in and, you know, now they'll try and, you know, lock up Castillo for a long time, who they just got in the trade at the trade deadline. So. I think, you know, worked out in that way for both sides. But I give Diaz a lot of credit. It's very reminiscent to me of Carlos Beltran, who was one of the most really all-time consistent Mets. But the first year he was there, he came over from Kansas City, had the one good postseason in Houston. He was terrible because he came from a place where there were two beat writers, and all of a sudden he's getting hounded. It is not easy. It Look, it's not easy. I went with Carl Pavano, Javier Vasquez. I mean, how many guys? You mentioned Boston. I think about CeCe. Carl Crawford was one of the best players in the league. It was like he forgot how to play baseball when he got to the Boston Red Sox. A lot of guys who come from small markets, they're just not ready for it. Diaz, you got to give him a lot of credit, the confidence, the stones, everything that he's turned around. That could have stayed the other direction. Good for him for getting off the mat. You got to give him a ton of credit for that because he looked, the first year, he looked lost. It looked like New York was eating him alive. Yeah, we see a lot of that in hockey here in Toronto when someone oh, comes sure. to leave. They're just, they're not ready for it. Sure. Uh Listen, man, I, I have fucking loved watching games, watching Mets games this year, especially at City Field. That crowd, especially as the season has went on, has gotten more and more ruckus. Yeah. Uh, I still sit around, I'll be honest with you, because I have kind of associated the Mets and the New York Jets together. I always kind of oh. wait for the Mets to Mets themselves the way I wait for the Jets to Jets themselves. I don't think it's going to come, though. But that series against the Dodgers was was fucking legit. You know, like that was a series they had to win. They had to show that they're players. Did they show that they're a serious threat to Los Angeles after last week? Yeah, look, I, I think the, they need to win the division. It's hard to say need because they're going to make the playoffs. I think they're 99.999. Even the Mets can't screw that up. They're going to get in. So as a wild card, you can win. But I think with the, the, the age of Max Scherzer, right, the questions about DeGrom's health, the less games, the better. The more you can throw out there and really push them in, in a couple of series, the better. If they win the division, I could make the case the Mets are the favorites to win the whole thing as long as they scratch a couple of runs across. Because remember back in the day when Bruce Bochy and the Giants and they had, you know, the, look, it was Barry Zito at the end of it after he had been a bust. Lincecum was in the bullpen once starting at the front end. Matt Cain, they had a lot of different names, but they always pitched the hell out of it. And they just scratch three runs across and go win games. Because in the postseason, if I got DeGrom and Scherzer and you don't, I got a chance to win every day. You know, Mookie Betts isn't just throwing shit out there when he says that may be the best guy to ever do it, right? So I think the Mets, you know, there's no guarantees in anything, but you give me DeGrom and Scherzer in a seven-game series, because anything can happen in five games. You've got to get past that first round. We've seen it. The Nationals, the Dodgers were huge favorites a few years ago in the Nats won the World Series. They won a game five in L.A., right? The Mets in 2015 won a game five in L.A., you can lose those. In 2010, the Phillies were huge favorites. The Giants beat them in a five-game series. But if the Mets can make it to an LCS, which is where they would face the Dodgers, if I got DeGrom and Scherzer starting four, maybe five of those games, who you taking? Yeah. 
I don't answer questions. This is my podcast. Casey. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> no, I, I like ask them. So you, I'm, I'm back on the other side. Yeah. No, I like the Mets. I totally agree with you. Um, again, I'm beyond now waiting for them to Mets themselves. Like I have a lot of faith in this Mets team. It's it's phenomenal to me how 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 good they've looked. The lineup is solid. That rotation is solid. And I love Show Walters. He's one of my favorite. You know what I mean? Like he's just such an old school baseball guy. Um, I didn't. You know, it's funny because sometimes. I question guys when they go over to the NL and how they're going to use the, you know, how, how they're going to, they're going to, you know, use the double switch and all that type of stuff. Um, you know, but it is what it is. Right. Um, well, Buck's Buck's brilliant. I mean, yeah. with a lot of guys, that's a question, but he is, first of all, he had a lot of successful years with Arizona in the national league way back when. So he's got a lot of national league experience, but he's one of, he's always been one of the smarter X's and O's guys in the game. I mean, you know, I remember being on the air at Turner doing the postseason right after he didn't let Britain in the game and pitch Cubaldo Jimenez back in 2014. And that's the it, it stood out as a sore thumb. Not only is it a bad decision, but it was the only one really in Buck's career. His issues have always been either he wears out his welcome with a team, maybe, or usually with a GM or an owner because he wants a lot of control. Right. Do things his way. But X's and O's, that's his that's his jam. I mean, you got to do as a manager in this sport to be successful, you got to be really good at managing people. And you got to be really good at X's and O's when it matters. And he's proved to be good at both. And you, look, it very well may be Dusty Baker, who is a friend who I love, and Buck Showalter, the two guys who are clearly in the forefront of the great managers of all time to never win the whole thing, going one-on-one with somebody uh, breaking that streak in the World Series. Could be. Wow. Those are big words for Dusty because I don't I don't hold them on that same pedigree. Maybe it's the lack of championships. I don't know, but it, it's I've, I haven't held them up there it's, for reasons I can't explain. My father's an Atlanta Braves fan, and I've had to deal with an entire off season and season of the Braves being World Series champions, uh, with lots of discussions about whether or not like we had huge fucking debates, Casey, as he was trying to tell me he knew that this was a, they were a World Series team last year, and I just sat there dumbfounded. Right. Nobody so, knew. Nobody I said, knew. I live, on a run. I, live in, I live in Atlanta. Yeah. Nobody knew. I Nobody said, knew. They went on a run that was unbelievable, you know, and, and I was happy for AA, right? Like, you know, because he tried to do it here in Toronto, couldn't get it done. And then uh, our douchebag GM and president here, our douchebag president chased him off. And, uh, you know, Atlanta got to reap the benefits of, of that ridiculous decision. Uh, head and head. I think the Mets are one game above Atlanta right now for that yeah. East. Yep. Uh, you know, you just talked about the Mets possibly being a world, you know, a true World Series contender. Where do you have the Braves uh, right sort of in there? Right there, right too? There. Yeah, I think, look, there's, there's really, <clears throat> baseball's very weird in that it's not like, <clears throat> excuse me, in the NBA or in some of these other sports, it's like, you know, even in hockey, you can go on a run and be a surprise. In the NBA, it's like, okay, who's LeBron on? Who's Steph Curry? Like, you kind of know. Baseball's never that way. We always get surprised. Not this year. I think it's fair that there could be a surprise in the LCS, right? Get past a wild card series, five games. But we always know the cream rises in baseball. It takes a while. There are four teams in this sport. Is the Astros, whatever order. The Mets, the Braves, the Dodgers. Uh, that's it. The Astros may face somebody that is a surprise in the LCS, but I think the Astros have the easiest track to get to the world series of anybody way easier than the national league. And to me right now, it sets up as the following. Whoever loses the East is going to be facing the Dodgers. Right. And have to 
figure that out in the first round and then maybe face the other NL East team. And I think you're looking at those three teams. That's it. I, I think the World Series is going to be the Astros against one of those three NL teams. I mean, that's just the way it is. I, I really – and I, I never feel comfortable saying that because baseball's weird. But I think the weird things will happen like an NCAA tournament, like a 12-5 in the first round, right? I think the weird things will be like maybe the Guardians knock off the Yankees or something in five games, right? Uh, maybe even, look, the Mets or the, the Braves lose to the Cardinals, but then the Dodgers will get them, right? Well, it's going to be Dodgers, Mets, or Braves against the Astros in the World Series, and you pretty much can bank on it. I'm kind of sitting there too, except the Cardinals, because when it comes to playoffs in the Cardinals, you never know no, what kind of you never they're going to go Fair on. enough. That's right. <laughs> There's right. just sometimes teams have mystiques. Listen, I'm a Patriots yeah, fan. Right. There was just a mystique about going to Gillette Stadium, no matter how bad yeah. the team was. Yeah. Um, listen, I'm going to take, I'm going to switch. I'm going to bring you north of the border here for a second sure. because uh, I took a lot of shit from February and then post lockout as Toronto media and Toronto baseball fans were talking to me about world series and the recreation of the 92, 93 team here in Toronto. And I was all over the Dean Blundell network, all over my podcast saying this blue Jays team is not a true world series contender. I said, they'll be fighting for a wild card spot. They're not going to come close to challenging the Yankees or the Rays for the East. You guys were all out of your mind. Listen, I love George Springer. He is one of the most clutch players in baseball he did it again today vladdy's coming up bo he's starting to get it together I, I heard you on the dean blundell show the other day you were talking about him being 24 years old i was so happy to hear you say it i was like thank god somebody's saying it out loud because i've been screaming it at people they're not world series contenders we don't need to have that conversation you know it i know it i'm done trying to convince my audience that that's the reality of it because they still think they're world series contenders but i want to ask you looking at that blue jays team and i know pitching's a problem that back end of the bullpen who's overachieved they're not going to get this out of them uh, next year what do the blue jays have to do this offseason to be to be considered in that group you were talking about you know the the astros and the dodgers and the mets and the braves what do they have to do this offseason to get there well, I think, honestly, the biggest thing they need to do <clears throat> is allow their kids to grow. Like, you know, when it, when I was talking about Bichette, I'll say something I said to Dean last week on that show. Aaron Judge in his first huge year was great. And then the next year had his worst year of the six or seven he's had by far. And there were people in New York who were like, oh, he's a bust. It's not real. Unless you're Mike Trout or Juan Soto or Albert Pujols in his first 10 years, and think about the names I'm mentioning, right? I don't even know how many other guys I can even mention in that sport. You're going to get the cat and mouse game, which is they got a book on you. Then you got to get a book on them. Then you go in the offseason and say, okay, this is how they're getting me out. This is what I got to do. These are the pitches. This is my hot zone. Baseball's that way. So even for like Vlad, who, by the way, hasn't had like a terrible year, but it's like the numbers aren't like last year. This is what happens early in kids. These are, these are, these are all-star potential level players, but – even the Aaron judges the world who now everybody looks at as the MVP. Look, it, it's why Otani is so just crazy to watch. Like it's these guys who have like Juan Soto. I mean, he was like 12 years old hitting home runs of Garrett Cole in the world series. I think the, the Jays were overrated by their owners expectations. I don't blame Ross. I think everybody blames the GMs. The GMs are the mouthpieces for the owners. The owners went out there two years ago when they got Simeon and made all those moves. And they basically told him, Hey, look, you know, get out there and get whatever you can. We want to go win. They got in and they stuck in that 60-game season right to the playoffs. And the next year, I think they thought too highly of themselves. I think if you look at it from the outside and you take those expectations away, they've grown. They've gotten better each year. 
They still probably going to make the playoffs this year. And then there's that springboard season. I think age is honestly the biggest thing they need to do. Just let the kids grow because there's nothing hugely glaring. Look, the names are in the lineup. They haven't been healthy enough. That's number one, right? If they're all healthy and do what they're capable of, they got enough offense. The rotation's way better than people give it credit for because no rotations are perfect. And yeah, you know, the bullpen, I think you could do a better job beefing up the world to get to Romano, obviously. But the Mets, their own issues, getting Edwin Diaz. It's like everybody lives in a funnel. The Jays have the same problems a lot of people have. Their biggest issue is these are kids. It's going to take a little time. I do think this, even though I'll I'll close on this, I don't think they're going to win the World Series. And I think because of Houston, they won't get there. But could they get to an LCS? Could they knock somebody off in a five-game series? Yeah. Could they scare the hell out of somebody with the bats in that lineup if they got hot? Absolutely they could. They're just not a great team yet, and that's okay. The expectations are the only reason people are disappointed. They haven't really been that disappointing, in my opinion. All right, I got one more question for you. So I, sure. I'm I'm a baseball junkie. Like I'm the guy yeah. who sits on YouTube and watches compilation videos of bad umpire calls. That's me. Okay. I and one thing, time. one thing I love doing though is watching old baseball, like old clips, yeah. like Babe Ruth, Mickey Mantle. Like yeah. love watching those guys. Yeah. I, I look at Otani and I look at Mike Trout. And I've sat there and said, oh, my God, we've got modern-day Babe Ruth and modern-day Mickey Mantle right in front of us. How much of an injustice is it that they play for the Angels? Like- no, it's it's the worst. I mean, it's it's the worst. And honestly, Artie Moreno, who's now selling the team, good for that's the best thing that Angel fans ever heard because it's his fault. The dude's got plenty of money. First of all, all owners have money. But he got enough money that he could still, you know, make money and spend money, right? He got oodles. And this guy, ever since the Josh Hamilton contract went south, put his pocket, he put his wallet away. Who's pitched for that team other than Otani? Forget that for a second. Since what, Jared Weaver? Like, they paid Matt Harvey, Julio Tehran. Go ask your dad what it was like. Would he have paid him $10 million a year coming off the Brave seasons? Are you kidding me? Like, like um, I'm trying to Trevor Cahill. Like, some of the guys that they've gotten have been just ridiculous. Noah Syndergaard wasn't going to work, right? To me, the answer is yes, it's a travesty. And the problem is, is that in baseball, two guys can't win it for you. Like the Padres, look, I love Juan Soto. I love watching the guy play. And I wish that Tatis didn't have fake ringworm and all that shit so he could play too. But they're going to win if they pitch. They're going to win if they pitch. The Dodgers have Betts and Freeman. They're going to win if they pitch, right? The Astros, they're going to win if they pitch. The Jays, for all the stuff about what Bichette or if they pitch, that's how they're going to win. That's how you win in the postseason in this sport. That's why the Braves are so good, because their pitching is damn good. The Angels are like, it's like, you remember for years I would watch in the NFL and I'd be like, do teams like, I remember the Packers for years, they were like these teams, the Saints, like, did they know they need defense? Colts for a long time, right before Dungy got there. Like, you could score 40, but if you give up 41, you still suck. The Angels literally punted starting pitching in a league where they tried to try to win. And that to me is a joke. People get on like the pools contract and a bunch of other shit. They didn't put money into pitching and that's why they haven't won. All right. I said last question, but I got one more question. That's all right. And then I'm done. No worries. So one thing that I'm very sad about is watching the demographics of baseball and how it just keeps getting older and older and older. A lot of young fans not getting involved in it. Um, I'm telling you, there's a, majority of my audience is going to be pissed off at me when they come in to listen to this and realize it was all about baseball. 
Right? What do like, they want you to it, talk about? John Tavares? What the hell do they want you to talk about? Football. Football. The uh, I a lot of my audience followed me from my football days, right? Okay. So they're all they're all big football fans. I love football um, too, but but you know, it's, luckily because you're a Patriots fan, I'm a Giants fan. We don't have much football to talk about, so that's all right. Yeah, yeah, we won't talk about the Super Bowl, nothing like that. But um, which one? <laughs> all right. Well, thanks, Casey, for coming on. <laughs> uh, you know, I was swore you're a solid fucking guy. You'll love having him on your show. That's what I was yeah. told, Casey. All right, so if I, but I like what you're saying. Go ahead, the demographics. I yeah, so the demographic. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I'm looking at Otani. I'm looking at Mike Trout. I'm looking at two of of the probably the best baseball players we've collectively seen in years. Sure. I'm not saying they're the goats. You know what I mean? Ever. That's that's Barry Bonds, in my opinion, right? And uh, you know, baseball was better with steroids. I say it all the time, right? But but Major League Baseball. But number one, they play on the West Coast, which. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you're isolating a huge part of your market. But then number two, baseball has done such a shitty job marketing those guys because right. they should be everywhere, everywhere. And I said Otani to somebody who claims to be a Blue Jay fan, and he asked me, who's that? Well, that's that's well. first of all, okay. I agree with everything you said, in t- and I'm not saying that didn't happen. That guy's an, an idiot. Like, but you can't be a baseball fan not know who Otani is. But like, here, like, here's, my, mean, here's my counter like, argument. I hear you, you on though. the rest. Of, come on. Here's my counter argument to you, though. I don't watch hockey. I don't enjoy the ice game. Actually, in my new position, I have to start covering everything. And I've been like trying to learn hockey again, right? Because I don't watch hockey. But I know who John Tavares is. I know who Connor McDavid is just because the names, you can't escape not hearing those names. And I know who they play for. I know who they played for. I even knew the shit that he goes through when he goes back to New York. And I haven't watched the game in, in eight years. Right. So, like, I'm an, you I'm an know, who, fan, so I know it too. Yeah. You know, I know who Carrie Price is. Like, I know names yeah. because the NHL does a phenomenal job marketing their big names. So I should be able to go up to a non baseball fan and they should have heard of the modern day babe fucking Ruth. No. Well, look, I'm with you on Trout because I think to use football as an example, he's a huge Eagles fan. Years ago when the Eagles were in the NFC Championship game, they showed him in the crowd with his family and they had to drop a lower third, which for the people not in the business is where they put the nameplate at the bottom of the screen and explain who he was. Like no other point would they have that. Like it would be like it's fucking it's Mike Trout. You know what I'm saying? Like, are you kidding me? Um, So I hear you on Otani. I think because of the international flavor, because he pitches any hits, because he's led the sports centers and because he's been a household name na- you know, internationally news-wise because of how different he is, I do think it's different. I think it's weird not to know who Otani is if really you're in any sport because he's crossed over that way. Because of what he's doing is like a cyborg. I mean, it's not even real. But I think overall, the, the point that you're making and the problem with it and why it, it – look, it's a valid one, but the problem with it being valid is that baseball hasn't marketed its individuality. I always use this example. I don't know if you're an NBA fan, but I always used to say, like, if Allen Iverson was a baseball player, Allen Iverson wouldn't exist. Yeah. Like, you couldn't – Allen Iverson, when he came in, was like, screw this. Like, I got tattoos. I like music. I say whatever the hell I want, and I could ball my ass off, right? In baseball, you got to wear the same shoes, the same pants, the same this, the same that. Remember, they didn't do it this year, but the, the years passed. What was like the pat on the back? Hey, we'll give you a weekend in August. You can wear your nickname. And then they wouldn't even give most of the – I had players tell me like the eighth one on the list because the top seven were too like they, – they were too controversial. Like you couldn't – you know what I mean? You couldn't like – you know, Rick Hill, Rich Hill, could he put Dick Mountain on there? Like I don't think so, right? Like you couldn't do that, which would be amazing. But 
to me, baseball has not allowed players to make money off the field in the way the NBA, the NHL, and other sports do. That's their biggest problem. They should be pushing guys. Like, I'll give you just one quick example. Andrew McCutcheon, when he was an MVP perennial candidate, unbelievable player. He was going on Ellen, and I think he got engaged on Ellen. Like, he was going on, like, like she found him and, like, realized. And baseball was doing nothing. Like, this guy's on national TV. Like, I, I love David Ross. I don't need Rossi on Dancing with the Stars. I need Mike Trout on Dancing with the Stars. You know what I'm saying? That's the kind of shit baseball doesn't get that the NFL is all over as much as they do a lot of things wrong. Baseball needs to pay their players and push them into those kind of events and say, hey, look, we need you to go represent our brand. And they just don't do that. Could it also be, for my third last question, yeah, uh, sir. Could, it, could it also I've done, that. I've done that so many times in my career, yeah. I can't even tell you. So it's fine. Considering before the show, I told you I don't ask follow-up questions, and now I just have one after another. Yeah, but I, I have you down right now as lied to me a lot. That's that's how I had notes. It's okay. Well, you're never coming back anyways because you talk shit on the Patriots. Then you argued with me. You're not allowed to come on my show and argue with me. I didn't argue with you. You said, let's not talk about the Super Bowl. You I can't said, disagree one? with me, but you disagreed with me on something. One? I said, I wasn't even, one? I wasn't even talking about the Super Bowl. You disagreed with me on Otani. All right, whatever. I, I, I whatever. didn't disagree with you, but go ahead. I just was making fun of that fan who didn't know who he was. Yeah, yeah. whatever, whatever. Casey's a solid Casey's a solid guy. Anyway. Um (laughs) no, but um (laughs) but uh you know I try not to break character on this show, Casey. Thank you. But uh listen, um I have no character, so you're welcome. Perfect. But it's interesting because I even think about like it could is okay, the vanilla personalities in baseball, some of them like a Mike Trout. Is vanilla. Yep. Very, is that very. to his own because of him, or is that because of the influence of baseball? Because you know what, and I think where players and the coaches, the managers do it to themselves some days is um who's that kid on the Padres? Uh Fernando Tatis Jr. Yes. So yeah. I think it was last season, the season before. You know, the Padres are blowing somebody out. It's like I think the Rangers are blowing them out. He like swung six or three seven and he swung three and oh, he hits a home run. He's one of the most exciting players in baseball. And his fucking manager goes in the press fired. conference and says, I'm gonna talk to him. And the guys in the in the you know, the veterans in the in the dugout are looking over at the, at the Texans going, I'll talk to him. I'll talk to him. I'm like, for fuck's sakes, the kid is the most exciting kid in baseball. I want him to like. I think of the Jose Batista bat flip. I want a bat flip on every home run, like make it exciting, have a personality. Look, I'm totally with you. And I, I, I equated that to asking Clay Thompson to not take an open jump shot. Like if he's red hot and he's wide open, does he have to pass? Like what kind of stupid shit is that? Like, so I'm with you. And by the way, it's Jay Stingler no longer has a job as a manager in the league. I'm not saying solely because of that. I think to answer your trout point, it's kind of both. I think in general, a lot of baseball players that are really good, they grow up learning the, this is how you play the game of baseball. This is how you respect the game of baseball. This is how, you know, you act as if, right? Like you, you've been there before. And Derek Jeter being at the forefront of a lot of it, look, I'm not a Yankee fan, but he's, he, I don't know what negative you're going to say, right? I mean, the guy was a great player. He was great for the game, but he was boring as shit, right? In terms of like, not the way he played, but the way he spoke and like carried himself, like it wasn't about that. There's no flair. So I think the people who like he was idolized by, Trout being one of them, right? Like in that next generation. Yeah, like I think, but there are plenty of guys who have flair. Like Juan Soto's doing a shimmy all the time, right? And 
you know, at the end of the day, I, I really think it goes back to, and I'll use when the CBA, when they had issues go back now, you know, two years ago, and we were dealing with the agreements. In the NBA, after COVID and everything happened, every meeting that I was talking to people, like Adam Silver was, and I was still covering the NBA at the time, he's got like all these players he's calling, like the players are in the meetings. It wasn't, and Jerry West is the logo, right? It wasn't the league against anybody. It was like, we're going to figure this out together. Major League Baseball, all you hear Rob Manfred do is love on the owners, used to work for them, still works for them now in a different way as a commissioner, and basically say these players don't want to play. We're trying to get them to play. The whole problem is the league doesn't understand. No one's going to your ballparks, no matter how nice they are, or doing shit with you unless the players are there. They're not going there to watch the umpires. They're not going there to watch the managers. I'm a Met fan. I'm not watching a bunch of random dudes wear Met jerseys, right? We don't want replacement players. They have a, the lack of understanding they have for their talent. I think is worse than any of the other sports. Even the NFL, which is a lot of things wrong, I think they get how important the players are. Major League Baseball thinks they're more important as a league than the players are, and they're not. Oh, you're 100 percent right. In baseball, they're they're so out of touch. But I mean, I I don't know if I can say this to you, and if I can't, stop me. I don't want to put you on the spot. But I, I think baseball writers, a lot of them are out of touch as well. You know what I mean? Like some, with a lot of some, things. some are, some. Maybe it's getting better. I don't think but, all of them, but I think some are. Yeah. No. Um, I know there was a lot of AP stuff during that lockout where they completely took the league and the owner side, which I called them out on a, on a, I got into a, a huge war with, with I'm, I'm not going to get into it again, but a huge war with a couple writers because I was disgusted about, about, you could just see they were in the back pocket of the league, right? I'm not saying there was, there was bribery there, but I'm just saying there was, you could see the back pocket. You could see the information being filtered out. But then I also go back to like Barry Bonds. A guy who made people I know who don't watch sports watch baseball during some of his moments of breaking those records and stuff because they wanted to be a part of that moment. And Barry's an asshole. We know he's an asshole. You know what I mean? It's who he is. But he was villainized through the media and is still being villainized through the Hall of Fame by not getting into the Hall. You know what I mean? And I'm going to say David Ortiz, who I love. I love Poppy. He was on that list and he just got into the hall of fame yet. There's other steroid guys who can't. So now, now it's also, it's not just if you took steroids, it's also how did you treat and look, who's not, look, who's not in the hall, right? Roger, Barry, McGuire, Sosa guys who forced people to watch the game of baseball, who didn't watch the game of baseball and they're being shut out. And I think that's a big problem as well. And, and, and I, I know sports fans I talk to are just like, Oh fuck, I can't even deal with this shit anymore. Well, it's definitely a boys club. It's always been that way. Let's not forget your Red Sox guy, Jim Rice, was in the Hall of Fame for a long time because he, he the media didn't like him, yeah. right? So <clears throat> it's always kind of been that way. Um, and, yeah, it's bullshit. I, I think, you know, look, every league, you've got writers who are fed. They, they make money based on hits and stories. And, you know, you got certain GMs that are, you know, got writers in their pocket or agents, right, that do and – and all that it's why I'm, I'm happy and i mean it's like that i don't break news i'm not in the breaking news business i'd rather discuss it and break it down because i, I don't want to have to worry about greasing or any of that stuff but I, I still think it's some more than most but baseball in general is a sport that is playing atari in a world where we're playing ps5 and that's been a problem for a long time casey i appreciate this so much man why don't you Anytime. uh my Tell my audience everything you're doing, where they can find you, where they can find your podcast, all that kind of stuff. 
Yeah, uh, on the Believe Network right now, you can just jump on my Twitter at Casey Stern and in the bio, subscribe to my YouTube channel, uh, get at Casey Stern, follow me on Twitter, chat, talk baseball with me, DM, whatever. Um, doing a podcast uh, on a weekly basis tomorrow. My former broadcast partner on MLB Network Radio, Cliff Floyd, will be with me and we'll be uh, shooting the shit, talking some baseball. So, um, you know, get at me anytime. I, I love talking shit. We'll do this again. Um, you know, I'm, I'm crossing up. He, he, was, he was a liar, but then he was kind. It's, it's not about how you start. It's how you finish. No, I appreciate it. That's it, guys. Appreciate I'm you. done. I'm finished. Take it easy. Y'all legit. You looking to make the most out of this life and optimize your personal wellness? Then check out the Natural Man podcast. Join me, host Mike C., as we explore all areas of human wellness, physical, mental, and emotional. Learn strategies to optimize your own well-being and be in the driver's seat of your own health. Remember, your doctor works for you. Learn biohacks, neurohacks, ways to improve sleep, and ways to optimize your body and your mind. Check us out on Apple, Spotify, the Fountain App, and at naturalmanpodcast.com.